is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Ben's rubbing his face. It's that gotta, kind of day. You got to get the goatee straight. <laughs> I can't go with the as full scraggly look as you can. I got to be professional. Listen, I recorded a video that's going to go up on social here in a couple of days. Um, oh, like yesterday. Me? Yes. Fantastic. And uh, man, I look scraggly. You're going to see it. You're going to know exactly which one it is, too, because you're going to watch it, and you're going to be like, oh, this video is fine and cool and dandy. Josh, you look like a caveman. You look horrible. You look like you rolled out of bed, because I did. Are you ever going to cut your hair? Never. Okay. It is my power. It's not a lot of power, then, man. <laughs> <laughs> you are you are not it's intimidating. Like, it's like Samson chops his hair off and instantly just shrivels. You can't shrivel much more. <laughs> I could I could afford some shriveling. You, on the <laughs> other hand, there's nowhere for it to go. Oh, we're off to a great start. Uh, we've got a great episode today. It's already a great episode. We could end it now. It's already good. Was it a minute and a half? Yeah, there yeah, we go. minute and a half. You can exit the premises now. We're already mad at each other. Look at that. <laughs> we got some breakout, some sleepers. We also got the sparse news that you can find in early parts of July news. in fantasy. It, it's it's really um, people who don't know anything reporting things about which they don't know, and then we take it as fact because we are fantasy I mean, football players. They, they may know things, but these things aren't worth knowing. That's probably a good I way to know. put it. Yeah. And they don't even really know the things that aren't even worth knowing. They kind of halfway know them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird situation. Well, uh, the one thing we do for sure know is that Devontae Parker this one signed a three-year, $33 million deal with the New England Patriots. This made me really upset. So once again, we get to return to our Kenny Galladay rant where we get to talk about NFL players that suck and how much money they make. Well, this upset me for kind of the one main reason is DeAndre Hopkins still is not signed as of the recording of this video. There were a lot of rumors that he was going to the Patriots. And then this, like I see breaking news from ESPN and sleeper on my phone and I see new England Patriots and wide receiver. And I'm like, oh, my God, it happened. They just signed DeAndre Hopkins, and it's like three-year, $33 million deal. I'm like, oh, wow. And I open my phone, and it says, no, it's not DeAndre Hopkins. I, I read it wrong. This is Devontae Parker. And I thought maybe there was like a typo. They put the wrong name in. Like, no, 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 it's Devontae Parker. <laughs> it's not DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, for his $33 million, he delivered 539 yards and three touchdowns last year. Hey, man, you... Spend your money how you see fit. <laughs> Bill once again reminding us how great a GM he is, that he is the class of roster construction. At least he got an OC this year. Yeah, I mean, he, he does have a legit OC. I have heard a lot of buzz from just like in talking with fantasy players and messages and stuff that like people are excited about what the the New England offense could be and, you know. It I will say originally, if I mean, obviously DeAndre Hopkins could still be signing with anybody, but I was like, when the first rumors about New England were coming out, I was kind of disappointed. I'm like, really? Like the Chiefs, the Bills, Chargers, like all these people, like it'd be great if he went there. Realistically, the the Patriots is not a terrible option. I mean, he's going to walk no. into immediately a monstrous target share with, yeah. I mean, Mac Jones is pretty good. He, I mean, not pretty good. He's all right. He's fine. I feel like he so, can support DeAndre Hopkins. So what would – how would you feel about that offense if they get both DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook? Because a lot of people think that that is very possible. At the, I guess at the bare minimum, it's probably DeAndre Hopkins. I think that that feels like a thing that could very well happen. The Dalvin Cook thing is a little bit more of a stretch. But even still, that seems like a thing that could 
very possibly happen. Ramondre truthers like yourself would be very upset by this. I There's multiple Dalvin Cook landing spots that would make you in particular highly upset. What was one you, you put on the story the other day? What was that? Um, oh, it was the Jets if you went there. Yes, I I would find the tallest thing that you could actually get to and jump off of it. Your Miata. <laughs> If you if you see me doing jumping jacks in the garage, you'll know what I'm doing. Jumping off your tiny little car. Uh, Brees Hall would be terrible. Um, that would be unfortunate. Listen, if he goes to the Patriots and it kills Ramondre, you know what? That's better than it killing Brees. I mean, it's my, I will take that bullet because the team that's got Ramondre can withstand to lose Ramondre. I, I can survive that. I cannot survive a silver bullet to Brees Hall right now. Yeah, I would hate it for Ramondre, but I would, I wouldn't like it for Dalvin either, because it's not like Ramondre is going to go anywhere. Like he's he's there; they're going to use him. So it's it's really that would just be good for Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. And Hopkins, honestly, I mean, I don't know how you feel he's, about he's it, he's but if he goes to the Patriots, he would be a top twelve receiver automatically. I think. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he's walking into one hundred fifty targets probably. I mean, who again? Who else do they have? Is is Devonte Parker going to be the one taking targets away from him? I'm not scared of Devonte Parker. Juju Smith-Schuster is like an okay slot receiver. But that is, I mean, that's it. I mean, like when he was in Arizona, he's dominating targets with Marquise Brown on the other side. And Marquise Brown is light years better than Juju Smith-Schuster. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, D-Hop, my gosh, he'd be he'd be really, really good. Yeah. Um, we have a quote from Frank Reich. This, I mean, it's not really, it's not really a quote. It's Frank Reich on video saying that, he wants Miles Sanders to get like the full three down workload to Thanks, have. We, all of us do. Everybody. You um, know, I'm a big fan of Miles Sanders, and I know you're really high on him this year. So yes. we both are pulling for this big time. Let's put it this way we've got a reel coming out this week about uh, why you should draft Miles Sanders. Yeah. Miles Sanders would so, be really good. We're very. I mean, who else it. is there? Chuba Hubbard? Yeah. Chuba exactly. Hubbard couldn't take over from Donta Foreman. So I, I, yeah, Miles, Miles is backfield now, and that contract too. I mean, was I don't think like we talked about the, fifty million or something was, like that. No, no, no. It was like three years, like twenty something million. I think I, I need to look it up exactly. But in the running back market today, it it was very much uh, a solid. Yeah, contract. this was like the best deal like you could have a second running back contract could have been. Right. Which is crazy when you've got guys like Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley can't get contracts, and then the underling guys like Miles Sanders, who, like, same draft class or been in the league about the same time as them, kind of come in, get the lower contract, and will probably be better long-term options. Yeah, he ended up getting a four-year, $25.5 million contract. Yeah, I'll take that in a heartbeat, man. Not bad at all for a running back so yeah he's i'm very excited for them to be saying uh in public essentially that he's going to get the pass catching work that's great i mean he had 1300 yards rushing last year he did nothing in the passing game um and and he was still the rb15 so if you give him 250 carries you also give him like you know 40 catches that's top 12 stuff I mean, last time that Miles was really used as a running as a receiver was his rookie year, and he was the RB fourteen that year. So there you so, go. Yeah, and he did not have thirteen hundred yards that year. I will no, spoil had, that for you. Right, he had eight hundred rushing yards and three touchdowns. Exactly. I think he will fully healthy. He will surpass that rushing this season. What do you What do you realistically think he's going to end up with? Assuming he doesn't get hurt. Assuming he plays like a usual normal number amount of games, like you know, fifteen ish, fourteen ish games. Realistically, I'm I'm guessing somewhere between 1,100, 1,200 yards, probably six to eight rushing touchdowns. And if he can get another 40 to 50 catches, I don't know, I'm thinking 300, 400 yards there. Like, that's a heck of a season Miles Sanders is about to have. That's about where I'm at, too. Yep. I think we're on, I think we're on the same page there. Yeah. Uh, last couple of bits here. The Jets... 
giving us all kinds of word salad, saying they're not guaranteeing that Brees Hall will start week one. I don't think that surprises anybody. He's coming off an ACL ACL. injury. But I personally don't expect the ACL to to really impact him all that much, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think think once he's back on the field, he's going to be fine. Assuming Dalvin Cook does not end up a Jet, I am going to be approaching Brees Hall like he has no injury at all, honestly. I, I just don't think the ACL is going to affect him all that much at least enough to consider it when I'm drafting him or when I'm considering trading for him or, or things like that. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Dalvin Cook, he got offered a contract by the Miami Dolphins, which would be best-case scenario for Dalvin Cook to sign. We'll take that. Listen, I don't care about Devon A-Chain. I might draft him in a rookie draft a couple times, but listen, you can take my Devon A-Chain and poop all over him just leave my Ramondre and my Brees Hall alone. Well, I feel like it's not that difficult to poop on Devon A-Chain. Like, you could probably do that with nobody else there. <laughs> I mean, the the holes in his profile, I get he's fast, and they just added him to a an offense that loves fast people, but he weighs like a buck 60, man. <laughs> okay. If he gets the ball more than 10 times a game, he's going to die. <laughs> he's like 185. Let's Let's... Let's not. When was the last time a 185 running back was good? Like people are never concerned of Jameer Gibbs because he weighs 200. <laughs> yeah, no, it, he is not going to be a workhorse back ever. No, no, no that no, no, will no. not happen. So yeah, let's. Why don't we hop into some breakouts here? Kick us off. We both love this guy. I'm very happy about this one. I I kind of felt bad when I took it. Uh, the main reason I took it was because I got to the show doc before you did. And yes, <laughs> that is where we're at, but we'll, <laughs> I'll let you, let you talk in this one too, because this is, this is your darling. And I've been very fond of him the past few years as well. Uh, it's cam Akers. We've been calling about this for about three years now. And I think this is the year it finally happens. We are two years now removed from the Achilles injury. We saw what he did the end of last year. Last year was kind of a, a freak year for whatever reason. They just refused to use him most of the season. And then the last quarter or so, they finally decided, hey, let's give Cam Akers the ball and see what he's got. And he scored 18, 8, 11, 33, 13, and 14 points. Like He was great to end the season. He's done that before, too, his rookie season. He was great to end the year when they finally started giving the ball. Then the Achilles, then he came back. And yeah, I think I think this is finally it for Cam Akers. Who else is on the depth chart? I mean, I'm it's Kyron Williams. Is Ronnie Rivers still there? I think I think he may be in the mix. They just signed Sony Michelle. They drafted um oh gosh. Zach Evans. Zach Evans. But the fact that they bring in Michelle concerns me. Um that they, they don't really trust Kyron Williams. They, it, no, it concerns me for Kyron Williams and Zach Evans, not Cam Akers, that they have to bring in a 30-something-year-old back to add extra depth, and there's no guarantee. I really thought you were about to say, Sonny Michelle concerns me, and I was like, Ben, you don't deserve to have him no, in what, the show. No, no, no. What, I, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying here. <laughs> that concerns me about the depth that the Rams yeah, have, which gotcha. is almost nothing, which means it is Cam Akers' backfield and Cam Akers alone right now. Yeah, I mean... I think it's safe to say he survived the Achilles dip, right? He he has been productive post-Achilles injury. We've finally seen him be good. And not only was he good, he was good on a like terrible version of the Rams team. He did not do this at the beginning of the year when people were still healthy. He did this the last four weeks of the season when everybody was hurt. There was no Matt Stafford, no Cooper Cup. Their offensive line was destroyed. Baker Mayfield was the starting quarterback. They were bad, and Cam Akers dominated. So I think people looking at Cam Akers like they're terrified about the Rams roster situation, which, frankly, there are question marks. Like, I'm not convinced they're going to figure it all out this year, but we've seen him be good on a bad team already, and this is – I mean, they're going to be better than they were at the end of last season. Like, they were bad last year because everybody got hurt. All those guys are back now. So, 
I mean, I would imagine at least it's a little bit better of a situation um, than the one he kind of dominated with at the end of last year. Yeah, and it's it feels kind of crazy because you you think about some other guys that have gotten hurt, like you got Javante. Like we're worried they're going to. I mean, they've already brought in some AJP Ryan. Maybe they bring somebody else in. There's worries about Brees Hall. Maybe some, somebody brings like Dalvin Cook, like we talked about earlier. And it's it's happened in previous history before the lead back gets hurt with a bad injury and never kind of gets there and they just sort of bring someone else in mm-hmm. and he never takes over. Cam Akers, they've they've never brought anybody in who can really challenge Cam Akers at all. So Yeah. Yeah, I think he's he's been very fortunate and I think this is the year it's gonna finally pay off. Yeah, I mean, you know, we you always have the I call it the word salad in the offseason when the coaches are saying coach speak things and you really kind of have to just take it with a grain of salt. Were they going to go out there and talk crap about their players? Like, yeah, Cam Akers is not a good player. Sean McVay came out, you know, at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of this year already, and he's basically said Cam Akers is our guy. And while that's nice, I don't think like that's the reason why we're excited. I think why we're excited is what the team is telling us about Cam Akers, not like the coach speak is telling us about Cam Akers. What the team is telling us is we don't think Cam Akers is bad enough that we need to go out and get a replacement for him because they, if they thought that, they would have gone out and gotten a replacement for him. They would have gotten somebody better than Kyron Williams or Zach Evans. Right. I mean, like Dalvin Cook is a free agent. You hear no buzz that he's going Kareem to Hunt the Rams. is still out there. Leonard Fournette is still out there. Ezekiel Elliott. Right. None of these guys are getting signed by the Rams. If they do, that makes us a little risky. But as of right now, they have signed nobody of note. Yeah. And I don't even think there's like talks, rumors of them signing any of these guys either. Yeah. I haven't really heard anything. I I feel like a lot of those guys just, there's no market for them. And when people get hurt, they'll end up signing. I mean, they will end up on teams before, if, if they're not signed by week one, they'll end up somewhere. But it's it's crazy right now. Yeah, so fingers crossed that Cam Akers, it's finally the year. I remember, I think it was two years ago, I had him ranked as like my RB6. And I was like, this is risky. Achilles. It could have paid <sighs> off. I mean, we, we will never know. No. We really won't. We might find out this year. Yeah. My first breakout. This one, it, it kind of surprises even me, but it just feels like it's too obvious. It's Traylon Burks, uh, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. Listen, this is a combination of talent and situation where the Titans' depth chart at wide receiver is pretty much non-existent. I consider the Titans' wide receiver room to be the worst in the NFL. Like, it's Nick Westbrook-Akine, it is Traylon Burks. It is Kyle Phillips. I mean, these are not names that excite you, frankly. Uh, I've got their <laughs> yeah. I've got their number two pass catcher being Chikakonkwo, the tight end. Like, there's just not a lot there. That's why and, you were so high on him when we uh, made our post about tight ends. Yeah, I don't even know if Chikakonkwo is any good. It's just like he's shown flashes of being good, and there's nobody there. Like somebody's got to catch the ball. So. Traylon Burks. I do think Traylon Burks is talented, while all the other guys I feel like are just jags. Uh, Traylon Burks, to me, I think is actually a talented wide receiver, and he showed flashes uh, in spurts last year. Um, And he averaged like 13 and a half yards a catch. Uh, He's probably going to get an enormous amount of volume. I could see him being the sort of guy that ends up with like 130, 140 targets. Uh, assuming he stays healthy, just because like somebody's got to catch the ball, <clears throat> and it might as well be Burks. Well, they essentially they've got to. They essentially traded AJ Brown straight up for him. He's got to do it. I I think I'm like looking at his game logs. Right, you're trying to look for does he have the ability to be good? Does he show big play potential? I mean, he's got games of three catches for 55 yards. His first ever NFL game. Okay, big plays. Uh, seven catches, 111 yards against Green Bay. That's nice. Four for 70 against Cincinnati. That's nice. Four for 66 against Dallas. That's nice. Uh, it's a lot of like flash. Um, it's not just he's a guy. He caught some balls. 11 yards a catch. Like nothing flashy. No, Traylon Burks 
if you get him the ball, he's going to make things happen. And I think that's what we saw from him in college. And, uh, you know, I had him for a period as my wide receiver one in that draft class. And then, you know, after the draft, after training camp, he ended up dropping down a little bit. But there was a period there, like before the draft, before we knew landing spots or anything, where I thought Traylon Burks was going to translate to the NFL better than the other guys. When I was just watching tape, I was sitting there like, all right, I'm trading everything to get this guy. Yeah, dude. I mean, he looks good. It's it's a... You don't want to overvalue the talent because the situation is not great. But you can't write off the talent because the situation is not great. Like, there's a balance that you have to play there. So I don't know if, as a competing team, I want to go trade for Traylon Burks to be my wide receiver too. But if I'm a rebuilding team... Yeah, yes, I'm going to go trade for Traylon Burks because I think he can be really good in the future. And I think it's very possible that he ends up being a sleeper even this year as well. Are you thinking he pushes for low-end wide receiver two range or are we kind of solid flex kind of thing? I, I feel like it's safe to say he's more of a solid flex, but like, what's the worst he can be? In my mind, it's a wide receiver three, which is a guy that's probably in your flex in most leagues. Um, I do think... He could end up in like the mid wide receiver 20s. Um, but likely, I mean, he's probably late 20s, early 30s kind of finisher. Um, I just don't think that people like uh, view him that way, to be honest with you. No, and I, I agree. I mean, listen, he, when he, when I'm on the clock, he's coming drafts like, and Traylon Burks is there. I mean, that's not a very sexy pick. Like, I'm not excited about it, but it is not sexy. <laughs> it is really not. But, you know, I, I think when I'm on the clock, and it, it depends on your team too, because you know not every team construction is going to be looking to to add Traylon Burks, but you're looking at like, is he actually talented? If he's talented, I'll take a shot on him, and I do think he is talented. Um, oh yeah, I mean the comp everyone likes to overuse is it's AJ Brown, but he looks like AJ Brown. <laughs> yeah, you know I think I've gotten out of the habit of looking at team situation. And that being the thing that I use to determine if a player is going to be good or not, because it just doesn't correlate, you know. Yeah, it's it's I think talent. It's, and I and I I agree with what you're saying. And I I'm having trouble just getting over just how bad I think the Titans' passing attack is going to be. <laughs> I know. Which is which is I and, but I agree with you. Like it's sometimes just look, take the situation away, look at the talent. Yeah, and and I think that is it's a ballsy kind of shot in the dark. Uh, cause I really, I really think the Titans are bad, but you know, they're going to crawl across a field of glass to get seven or eight wins for Mike Vrabel next year. We know that's going to happen. Derrick Henry's so. going to touch the ball 400 times, probably most likely. Yeah. Hit us with your, uh, your second breakout. All right. This one, this one, I really hope, I really hope happens just cause I, he was so good as rookie. It's Elijah Moore. I think. I think things are finally going to turn the corner. I think he got a little bit too much hate last season. Um, I mean, he was great, great his rookie year right before he got hurt with no-name quarterbacks. I mean, I mean, who are these guys? He had Mike White. He had – I don't even know who else. Zach Wilson is obviously horrible. And that's what he's been dealing with for the past two years. And I, he wanted out. I don't blame him towards the end, beginning of last year. They bring in Garrett Wilson, a truly dominant alpha wide receiver one. So, yeah, he loses a whole bunch of target share there. Gets traded to the Browns for really not that much. But I think I think this is where things can, can finally turn around for him. He's 23 years old. He's a second-round draft pick. Everyone thought he was super, super talented when he was coming into the league. He was projected, actually, to go round one to the Titans before – um, who did the Titans end up taking? I can't remember if they took, but anyway, he was supposed to go in the in round one of the draft, and now you come to a team to where Amari Cooper is the wide receiver one. But the last time we saw Deshaun Watson like truly in Deshaun Watson form, his wide receiver two was Will Fuller, and he made Will Fuller look good, and that was with DeAndre Hopkins on the field. Amari yeah. Cooper is no DeAndre Hopkins, uh, no prime. DeAndre Hopkins. I think as good as Amari Cooper is going to be, I think there is a real chance Elijah Moore 
can shine and potentially outshine Amari Cooper given things go right because he is that talented and that good a receiver. And you're in a situation with a good quarterback like Deshaun Watson, who I expect to bounce back. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know what to do with Deshaun Watson. I have not made up my mind about that offense as a whole. I've taken a couple shots on Amari Cooper. Um, and I'm not saying Amari Cooper is going to be bad. I think I, when I'm saying that, I I, I do think Amari Cooper is going to be good. But this is more, I think there is more than enough opportunity on a team where Deshaun Watson can finally, hasn't played football for two years, he can finally get in his groove. He's had an entire offseason with these guys. This yeah. is where things could start to turn around for the Cleveland Browns offense. Yeah, and I mean, he had the three years in a row of being a top five fantasy quarterback. Um, you know, it's it's a bit of the Russell Wilson conundrum where you've got a guy who proved over multiple seasons that he's really, really good and then had a bad year. Um, and then you just had to figure out how much stock you put into it. Because I think if you believe Deshaun Watson is going to be even a top 10 quarterback in real life this upcoming season, Elijah Moore is going to be a value because the wide receiver two in an offense with the top 10 quarterback, especially one like Deshaun Watson that, you know, even though they've got David Njoku, Deshaun Watson typically hasn't targeted tight ends a ton. Uh, he's been a wide receiver, heavy targeting kind of guy. And maybe it's because he had Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. I don't know. No. But I expect if that, ends up being the case that Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore both end up beating their ADP personally. Yep. And obviously we're both very high on Nick Chubb this coming season. Yes. But that being said, they really don't have a second option. So they're going to run the ball a lot with Nick Chubb, but there's really no pass catching running back in that offense outside of him. So I don't know. I feel like that just opens up more options for the slot receiver like Elijah Moore. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could certainly see it, and there's been some rumors coming out of camp that you know he's lighting things up, that he's playing really well. So I don't know. I, I see the thing with Elijah Moore is I don't know when I would draft him. Let's look at ADP. Like, give right me now. a couple of the names going around him, because that's where I would be like really curious is when I'm on the clock and making that decision, who am I having to choose between? Is it Elijah Moore and? You know, is it George Pickens or? Right now, directly ahead of him is Brandon Cooks, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Thomas, Jamison Williams, Rashad Bateman, Quentin Johnston, Elijah Moore, Odell Beckham, Alan Lazard, Jacoby Myers. So if I'm on the clock, the decision I'm making is basically Jacoby Myers, Elijah Moore, or? Odell. Odell. I mean, I, I could I could certainly see wanting to take Elijah Moore over those two. I mean, as much as we like Odell, we're probably going to talk about this. How much do we like Odell? Well, no, well, actually, I, I said that wrong. Like, Odell's, I mean, he's been great his whole year, but he's in a situation. I don't Is he the wide receiver one on his team? I'm really not I don't sure. Know. I have no and idea. It's, and it's Lamar Jackson throwing passes. So I I don't want the fourth option on that offense by any means. You don't want the fourth have, option on any offense, much less one that and I we're kind I of I don't believe in be Jacoby good. Myers or Alan Lazard at the moment. So yeah. Yeah, give me the guy who's primed to be the wide receiver two on he's been a top five quarterback before. Yeah. No reason to say he can't do it again. Yeah. I mean some of those other names like Quentin Johnston, I mean I, I would I'd take probably him. take Johnston there. I would as well. Um I'm trying to remember a couple of the other names you threw Bateman out. Bateman and Jamison Williams. Honestly, See, I think I might take him over Jamison Williams. I, I'm just I think not I would a big Jamison Williams believer, man. Listen, I I drafted Jamison Williams in rookie drafts a ton um, last year. So if he ends up being good, I'll benefit from it. But like at the same time, I have not. I just I don't believe it. <laughs> Elijah Moore or Gabe Davis. Oh god. I'm just looking at ADP here. Gabe Davis. Interesting. Okay. 
I just was curious on that one. There's very little conviction there, but there's no yeah. You don't you don't sound like it would take much for me to push you over the edge on that no. one. Like I just take no, one. <laughs> no. <laughs> and this it, this it one was less of an ADP debate. This was more of I think he breaks out this year. Yeah, I mean I, I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be good. Or like I think he finally gives you return on investment this season. Yeah, I thought. I mean, just even as recently as last year, I thought he was the wide receiver one for the Jets offense. And then whatever happened behind the curtain happened, and he got relegated. I just, I just want the record to show that I was pro Garrett Wilson being over Elijah Moore. Yeah, can't win them all. But, but in in your defense, I didn't think Elijah Moore was going to be that bad. Oh my god, like was just bad. wide receiver forty nine for like three straight weeks, like the whole year. Yeah, his <laughs> best his best game was wide receiver thirty six. Now it's in like week 15. It's bad. Um, Okay. Number two breakout. I think I'm, I think I'm actually more excited about this one in a very real sense than I am about the Traylon Burks pick, but I just had to point out Traylon Burks. My number two breakout is Jahan Dotson. Um, I, I am very excited and I'm finding that I am drafting Jahan Dotson. Uh, while I'm doing this, why don't you pull up ADP for Jahan Dotson? Because I want to do a little bit of a pick as well with him. Okay. But, uh, the, so the, here's the argument for Jahan Dotson, right? Terry McLaurin obviously has been the wide receiver one for the commanders for forever. Um, you know, perennially, he's viewed as a great player that just has a bad quarterback situation um, and hasn't been able to perform. So last season, Carson Wentz is the quarterback, which, you know, that's not much to write home about. And both Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, when they're both playing, are incredible. They're both on pace for 1,100 yards, which, like, I know Jahan Dotson was a first-round pick, but, like, looking at that situation and that team, it was, you knew McLaurin was going to be the one. Uh, the quarterback situation was not much to be excited about. I didn't think Jahan Dotson was going to be all that good, to be honest with you. He for sure proved me wrong. And then on top of that, weeks 13 to 18 to close the season, he's wide receiver 21. Uh, like if he played the full season, he's scoring double-digit touchdowns, which is just wild uh, from that team. So I think there's a very real possibility, and I'm not projecting it, but I think it's possible that Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin have really similar fantasy seasons this upcoming year where they both end up like 120-ish targets, both end up a thousand plus yards, and then you know the touchdowns fall where they may. But I, I'm not sure how. Once we get into draft season, uh, once like the casuals show up and start doing these redraft drafts, like I don't know how Jahan Dotson's going to be valued. So I think he could potentially be a guy where people are like, "Oh, he plays with the Commanders. They suck." Uh, Sam Howell's the you know the quarterback. They're going to be terrible. I don't know. It might be a league-dependent league kind of thing. Value him way higher. Yes, like underdog leagues where people are paying money, he's he's going to be drafted a lot higher, I think. But consensus ADP as of right now, this is across like multiple platforms. Just consensus, they've got him at wide receiver thirty-seven in PPR, which is oh, right behind right gosh. behind Traylon Burks, right ahead of Kadarius Tony. Okay, so I know I just said that uh, Traylon Burks is a breakout. I would rather draft John Dotson than Traylon Burks. I would absolutely prefer. Like I know, I know. Okay, so Traylon Burks, he has shown flashes, right? But the situation's poop, and <laughs> the commander's situation's not amazing. It, it's Sam Howell, but, but they Eric did Bien-Ami. bring in Eric Bieniemy. There's, there's the other part of it. So you got to imagine, and like frankly, the commander's offense is going to be better than the Titans' offense. Uh, it's. It's just going to. Be. You don't add Eric Bieniemy and be worse than the Titans, right? The, uh, I don't think people realize how bad the Titans are, but uh, you know we've seen the flashes from Jahan Dotson as well. The offense is probably going to be a, a little bit better. I mean, I had the note like, is Sam Howell slash Jacoby Brissett worse than Carson Wentz? I personally don't think so. I don't even know how good if Sam Howell is. If this is like 2016 Carson Wentz, then no, right. His but MVP we're not in 2016. year. <laughs> we're not in Kansas anymore. We are. Uh, we're in 2023, and Sam Howell is probably better quarterback than Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is not on a team currently. And then even if Sam Howell gets benched, 
I know for a fact Jacoby Brissett is a better quarterback. I've right seen now Jacoby Brissett support good receivers before. Yeah, last year Amari Cooper was a top twelve wide receiver with Jacoby Brissett, and David Njoku. His flash happened when Jacoby Brissett was starting. Speaking of David Njoku, why was he not in your top twelve tight ends you put out there? Because I just don't believe it. But you believe in Chiga Conquo? Listen, somebody's got to catch passes over there. Listen. Okay, here's the other thing. Chickaconqua had 2.4 yards per route run last year, which was like number two in tight ends. I I have it under good authority. I don't even remember, like four or five. I have it under There's good no authority. Way he scored four or five touchdowns. I'm about to pull it up. I don't know how much he scored. I am free balling here. You're talking out of your butt here, Josh. He played, let's see, it was three touchdowns. I, I, that honestly surprises me. He had 450 yards and three touchdowns last year. Listen, I have it Listen. under good authority. If a tight end gets two-plus yards per route run in their first two years in the league, they're good. The other guys that did this, it was George Kittle, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey. No, it wasn't Travis Kelsey, sorry. He was not good until later on in his career. Did Pitts um, do it? Yeah, Pitts did it his rookie year. Okay. So, it doesn't happen often, but when it does, I peek. I, I, I'm like, okay, Chig, tight ends suck. You're going as like tight end 14. I'll take a shot. So, yeah, I, I just don't really. And also, okay, another thing about tight ends, if you're like tight end 8 plus, I just don't care. Like, somebody can get mad that I prefer Chigakonkwo to Greg Dulcich or that I prefer, I don't know, uh, fill in the blank, Zach Ertz to David Njoku. They're all going to be terrible. I don't care. <laughs> like, yell at me about it, but, like, I just don't care. They're I mean, going to suck anyway. There's, like, a, like a quote-unquote big seven. Really, there's Kelsey yeah. and then Andrews Hawkinson tier break and then I mean you would have Andrews in his own tier but this is still doesn't doesn't really matter that much then you got Kittle your Kittles your Goddard's your Wallers and Pitts Pitts so that's seven guys yep after that there's a there's a cliff that it drops a a massive cliff I mean you can argue for a lot of guys I mean you can argue for Friarmuth you can argue for I I do like Friarmuth actually I, I feel like I'll draft a lot of him. Probably as my like late tight end. as my yeah, as my punt tight end, I might get Firemuth. But like they're all gonna be terrible. <laughs> so like I like some somebody argues with me, they're like, Oh, why is Zach Ertz in your top twelve? Like, who would you rather have? And they say a name and I'm like, sure. <laughs> take him if you want. Take I don't him, care. Take him. I don't care. You're not hurting me. I mean, go for it. Like he's gonna score you a hundred points flat. It it does not matter. Like at, at at that point in your draft, like I'm just gonna get somebody off waivers. Like I, it's just, yeah, it's fine. At that point, I'm streaming. I'm just it. not. I'm not drafting a tight end at that. point. At that point, I'll take Greg Dulcich in the 11th round, and then if he sucks and is a tire fire, oh well. I'll go get Noah Fant off waivers and sure. be happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Tyler Conklin. I remember him a couple of years ago. That was that was that situation. You're the, you're in the Tyler Conklin boat. We're getting off topic. Yeah, we are. Uh, where are we at? You're at your uh, your first sleep. Are we moving are we, to sleepers? Are we, are we moving to sleepers? Are Are you good? I'm good. I are just had to get yelling? that off my chest. Okay. <laughs> Hit calm, us with some sleepers. Calm down. <laughs> okay. First sleeper. Uh, people. I don't know if people like this. May not. I've got Tyler Algier as. I my hate first it. Sleeper. I got uh, and I get it, man. <laughs> Bijan Bijan tends to do that. You You have a guy. And then you put Bijan in there. How many running backs, realistically, if you took Bijan and put it on their team, would still start? I don't know if there's any. Oh, well, I mean, maybe McCaffrey. McCaffrey. In a real real life scenario, you took Bijan and put him on the Chargers. He starts over Eckler. He's the starter. Not, I mean, I get the fan. If we're talking fantasy value, Eckler is the better fantasy player. But if you put him on that team, he's the better running back than Austin Eckler. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, it's it's uh, yeah, maybe Christian McCaffrey, and that's it. I could see an argument for Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. 
and you know I love Taylor. I I would make that argument because I got to fight yeah. for my boy. I could see if Brees is healthy, a team being like, but uh, you're splitting hairs. It, it doesn't yeah. matter. So yeah, he's going to hurt Tyler Algier a lot, but he's currently the running back forty-two in ADP. Let me pull up some guys that are going around him, and this is it's less of I think Tyler Algier is going to be good this year, and more. I, I think, obviously, Bijan is the heavy starter, no no questions about it. But you've, you've got to think the situation. Atlanta wants to run the ball, and they want to run it into the ground. They're to be, we're going to run the ball more than anyone else. Obviously, if there's an injury to Bijan, God forbid, Algiers is going to be great. But even still, I think there's there's potential for him to have – some boom weeks because I mm. think Bijan is going to see a lot of work as a pass catcher as well. So there's going to be time when he runs out in the slot kind of things. We've seen the videos. We've seen the hype train talk. Bijan is going to see all over the field. And mm. when they just need to grind up some clock and hand the ball off, I could see Tyler Algier being a real factor in the offense. You don't, he was a rookie who ran for over a thousand yards and we've seen it before with James Robinson. These late guys just kind of get phased out, but I still think there's a real chance for him to be a factor in this offense when the only other guy is Cordell Patterson, who's 32 years old right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's an offense thing. Because I, I don't think Algiers is super good, but they're going to run I do the think he's a good he's, – he's a good player. Not he's incredibly fine. talented, but he had 1,000 yards last year. And he really didn't start the first four or five games of the year, so he finished the season with his hair on fire. And, I mean, he still probably can get, with the way we run around the ball, 100 carries. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got him projected for like 100-ish carries um, around there. I mean, frankly, it's it's kind of a volume thing when you're looking at him. Because, like, he didn't start a, start a ton of games, but he had 210 carries last year. And he was yeah. good on those carries. And also, like, the other part of it is Atlanta has a good offensive line. So... He averaged five yards a carry as a rookie. Yeah. I don't know how much of that is Atlanta has a top five offensive line, or at least did last year. Then they lost, what did you lose, like a right tackle or something? I think so, but I can't remember his name. I can't remember exactly. It's difficult for me to pay attention to this team. It's, yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, Algiers fine. They're going to run the ball. The offensive line's good. Um, sure. Just I'll let you. I'll, I'll allow it. <laughs> it's a sleeper. What's the worst thing that happens? He doesn't do anything. The worst thing that could happen is he sleeps. Yeah, exactly. Sleeper. <laughs> uh, All right, go for it. My number one sleeper is Mr. James Cook. Incorrect. <laughs> but let, me paint, let me paint a picture for you. So when we're looking at the Buffalo Bills, in my mind, there are two scenarios for how this could play out. Either... And this scenario would suck. And he's good and or bad. This would, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but let's be more specific about it. There's two scenarios. There's the scenario where Damian Harris is very involved, and then James Cook and and Harris have pretty much a committee, and it's what it was last year, where neither one of them is valuable for fantasy. You hate them both, or James Cook is the starter, and Damian Harris is his change of pace back. And in that case, I think James Cook would be really good. He averaged five and a half yards a carry last year. We're talking about Algier being good. James Cook was incredible, and he didn't even have 100 carries. He had over 500 yards. Um, and on top of that, like I know Naheem Hines is there, and he's considered a pass catching back, which he is. But you know, Naheem Hines showed up halfway through the season, and you know, James Cook still had 32 targets, playing half less than half the snaps. So. I mean, I could see in in the plus the green scenario, James Cook having sixty plus targets, um, being the the starter, you know. And then the other scenario, and this this is why he's a sleeper. If the other scenario happens where they're both involved, or even God forbid, Damian Harris is the primary ball carrier, I don't think that would happen, but I guess theoretically it could. Uh, then you know he's he just sleeps and he doesn't break out. But I think that there's a pretty decent chance on a great offense that James Cook is the starter. And if that's the case, nobody really wants to draft him. Just go ahead and draft him later in your drafts, and you might have something. 
Yeah. Yeah, I could, I could see it. I know you don't want to. <laughs> but I'm going like, to be negative because you were negative on my last one. Fair enough. But, I mean, yeah, I guess I see it. It's it's still in my mind the CEH situation 2.0. There's not really a better option behind him, but I don't really believe in him either. So, Yeah. I What's mean, his ADP right now? I don't know. I got to look it up. You you talk about it. I'll find his ADP. But I mean, I really don't know what. I mean, I think if there's a change of pace back, it's more he's the change of pace to Harris, just because we know we already know Cook is not built to handle 200 carries a year. So it's probably going to be Harris in that respect. Not not saying that I think Harris is better than him by any means. I I don't really have much faith in him either. So he is. I don't know. The, it's it's still going to be where Josh Allen's the lead rusher. I think. He, yeah, probably. He's currently the consensus RB twenty nine. I do not know if I would draft him that high. So right ahead of him, I just pulled it up because I've had it up for the other guys we're talking about. Right ahead of him is um, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, Dalvin Cook, James Connor, then James Cook. Then Javante, Antonio Gibson, Zach Charbonnet, AJ Dillon, Samaj P. Ryan, Alvin Kamara. Wow, Alvin Kamara's at 35. Um, then Damian Harris, 36. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll take him over AJ Dillon. I'll take him over. Who else was there? Uh, Charbonnet, Antonio yeah, I'll, Gibson. I'll, I'll take him Alvin over Charbonnet. Kamara. I don't know if I'd rather have Antonio Gibson. I'd probably take Gibson. I'd probably take Gibson. I think I'd rather, because there's almost a round difference, I think I would rather pass on on James Cook and take Samaje Ryan the round after that. Or or Javante Williams is going right around him too. Take Javante and then get Ryan the next time. Yeah. I mean, that, but at that point you're double dipping on a backfield and, you know, what yeah, if, but then I mean, I guess it's I guess at that ADP you're more of I just want the starter there, so it's going to yeah. be P Ryan until Javante comes back. I don't know. Could be a kind of thing where we find out in training camp that I was either uh, smart calling this out or very stupid. And and again, you were high on I was high on Algier. You're high on high on uh, James Cook. What's the I don't worst? Know if that I happens? would say I'm high on him. I just we're not. Just, <laughs> I'm just willing to take the occasional dart throw shot yeah, that's, on him. That's more what we're talking about here. And what's funny about it is I've got him ranked currently. His ADP is RB29. I've got him ranked at RB29. <laughs> so, like, I'm right there. So you agree? I agree. Okay. Well, that's okay. Mine's actually, mine's actually a bigger name. Probably the biggest name we've talked about. It's Christian Kirk, man. Mm. I am... I'm excited about Christian Kirk, where his ADP is at. I think people are sleeping on him hard. He's currently the wide receiver 27. That's, which, that blows my mind. That feels way low, and I, I get it. You just added Calvin Ridley, who's he's, he's probably going to be the wide receiver one. I get that. But look at the offense as a whole. Look at what Christian Kirk has done in the past with other dominant receivers – not that he's necessarily been amazing, but his his best quarterback was Kyler when he played in Arizona, and it was with DeAndre Hopkins as the starter. And he had some good, you know, 10, 9. It was usually towards later in the season. He would have 10, 9 car- targets a game, something like that. And he was pretty good. He comes in last year, obviously breaks out, has a great season with Trevor Lawrence. And I think that offense is ascending. Trevor Lawrence, he's on the path to being great. You just add Calvin Ridley, who's going to pull stuff off of Christian Kirk. And, and he still, I think is his, his role is solidified in the offense. I could see a world where he really has, he had, let's, let me just look at his stats. He had 133 targets last year. I think this probably hurts a Zay flowers, Evan Ingram, the Ridley edition more than it hurts Kirk. I don't know what you think. I yeah, it's Zay Jones was the wide receiver seventeen last year from weeks. Uh, let's see, weeks twelve to eighteen. He popped. 
And he popped at the expense of Christian Kirk, who over that stretch was the wide receiver 28. So this was, he he was out, uh, well, week 11 they had their bye. So, um, yeah, after the bye, he was wide receiver 28. He struggled a little bit, but listen, Trevor Lawrence is going to be good. They added Calvin Ridley, which I do think that Calvin Ridley is going to be lie. good. Yeah, it hurt it. So Kirk finishes the wide receiver twelve last year because the start of his season was incredible, um, and but, you know that's that's not going to happen. That's not what we're saying here. But at wide receiver twenty seven, that was basically what his floor was. Because if you're thinking about Ridley, so Zay Jones was wide receiver seventeen back half of the year. If I'm thinking about Ridley, that's sort of what I'm expecting Calvin Ridley to be. So. Zay Jones was already his ADP price when you pretty much bake in what Calvin Ridley is expected to do if he's good. And when you consider, I think, how good at least I expect the offense to be, I'm sure you do too, with Lawrence ascending the way he is, this is his second year under Doug Peterson, I I think there's a world where it's kind of what we were more expecting from Judy and Sutton last year Yeah. than I think people realize. I'm guessing Ridley is somewhere between wide receiver 15 to to 20 and I think Christian Kirk can can kind of be right there behind him I'm expecting him to be closer to wide receiver 20 to 25 20 20 to 25 ish in that area yeah yeah I mean getting a top 24 wide receiver when he's going at like 27 to 30 ish and that's that's always nice it's the little ones we've been talking about ADP a lot in this episode so let's just look at the guys going around him right now He's wide receiver 27. He's going right ahead of DJ Moore, right behind Terry McLaurin, Drake London. I, I think I'd take him ahead of Drake London, honestly. I would too, yeah. Um, Mike Williams, I think I prefer him to Mike Williams. Yep. I think people are sleeping on Chris Godwin too, but I, I think I do take him over Chris Godwin, take him over I Brandon Ayuk. Um, so I would take Ayuk and Godwin over him, but he's there. Yeah, he's right with those guys. So... I think he's solid. He'll be solid. All right. Last one. Number two sleeper. Let's start us out with a blind reveal before I tell us who this guy is. I know Uh, who it is. You know who it is. You can see it. But we've got player number one and player number two. So player number one is our sleeper. Player number one in his 17 career games has 95 targets, 61 catches, 800 yards, and three touchdowns. Player number two has, in 17 career games, 84 targets, 52 catches, 801 yards, and four touchdowns. So, player number one, player number two, in 17 career games, have pretty much identical numbers. Player number one is the sleeper. Player number two is George Pickens. Player I number think one, you would have to add a lot to our, your sleeper to get George Pickens in most leagues, honestly. I think I would. The sleepers were Rashad Bateman, which is a gross name to talk about for fantasy football. And I feel like George Pickens, I looked up some ADP. We're talking ADP. George Pickens goes two full rounds ahead of Rashad Bateman in, in uh, redraft leagues right now. And I'm not a big Pickens fan. Yeah. So let's not here's, talk about Pickens. Uh, we don't need to talk about Pickens. We're here for Bateman. So with Bateman, we've been talking about it pretty frequently we expect the Baltimore Ravens offense to have a huge uptick in passing volume they have been a low passing volume offense for years they bring in a new offensive coordinator sign uh, a bunch of receivers and get Lamar Jackson signed for the foreseeable forever they're going to throw the ball more and while we don't know for sure who the wide receiver one is we just need to look at who these guys are it's Odell Beckham who has been a non-factor for fantasy for like four years. Last uh, game we saw him in, he tore his ACL at, 30, exactly. at 29, 30 years old. Exactly. They drafted Zay Flowers, who I do think is good, but we don't know because they also drafted at the end of the first round Rashad Bateman. And when you just look at the totality and sort of take out the injuries, because there have been a lot of injuries that have kept him off the field. When he's been on the field, he's been pretty productive and he's been pretty decent. He's very so, efficient. He's super efficient. I think that there's 
definitely a possibility he's the wide receiver one in the offense, including Odell being there, including Zay Flowers being there. I think it's possible. But it's also possible like any of those three guys are the wide receiver one. I just I think people don't view it like Rashad Bateman has a chance to be the wide receiver one. Any one of those three could be the wide receiver one. The argument for Bateman is that he is the wide receiver one, or even honestly that he's the wide receiver two. Uh, we know he's probably the deep threat. Actually, he's not probably. He is the deep threat in the offense. Odell Beckham is not going to be the deep threat. Uh, Zay Flowers is a slot receiver. So there's a chance that Rashad Bateman even could just end up with some flashy games, some pop games. Um, we know Marquise Brown has had his five-week stretches with Lamar Jackson where he just goes nuclear on deep balls. It'll happen. Um, you know, Mark Andrews is obviously locked in as the pass catcher number one. But if they throw the ball 550 times, uh, if Rashad Bateman stays healthy, if he's the wide receiver one, I know it's a lot of ifs, but uh, I think he's he a sleeper. end up... That's why he's a sleeper. He could end up being very, very solid. I don't think his ADP right now is very great. I need to look it up. But, uh, yeah, I, I do think Rashad Bateman could end up being a value for fantasy. And honestly, when I'm doing push comes to shove and I'm having to draft one of these receivers over the other ones, I would probably lean Bateman, to be honest with you. Um, his ADP right now is currently wide receiver 45. I'm certainly going to take him. I mean, I think he's a wide receiver three, to be honest with you. You're going to take him ahead of Michael Pittman? Uh, mm, <laughs> I'd consider it for sure. You got to take Pittman there, but I probably would. But, you know, it's a thought. I had to think about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely agree with I actually like this pick a lot. I mean, We've we have seen the it's it's kind of like Elijah Moore. We've seen the flashes, right? And I think he's honestly probably in a little bit better of a situation than Moore, maybe. Um, yeah. I mean, we don't know how really how good Odell can be anymore after an ACL at 29 years old. I know they paid him a lot of money, but the passing offense has concerns that it is. Zay Flowers came out. We think he's a good talent. He's He's got a lot of juice. He's kind of a quick receiver, but he's a slot guy. He stayed all four years in college. That's typically not very... Um, it's usually not indicative of yeah, stardom. Yeah, indicative. That's a good, though, good word I was looking for. <laughs> it doesn't usually lead to players being star receivers. There's, I mean, there's outliers like Chris Olave, but you got to look at the like the talent that Chris Olave was playing with, with Garrett Wilson, with JSN, with Marvin Harrison Jr., with Jamison Williams. So there's a reason like a guy like Chris Olave stayed four years at Ohio State and was very good in the NFL or Devonta Smith or somebody like that. Zay Flowers stayed all four years in college. And I don't it, – it didn't help him really like it helped some of those other guys. Um, he wasn't playing with elite talent. So do I hope he's good? Yeah, I hope he's good, but there's a lot of questions with him, whereas I think I, I do agree there's less questions for Rashad Bateman. It's his, his literally, it's can he stay healthy? That's it. If he stays yeah. healthy, I think he has a very good year. Yeah, honestly. I mean, there's, there's questions for everybody in the offense, but I feel like Bateman probably has slightly fewer questions than the other guys. I, I will honestly say if, if he stays healthy the whole year, I think he is the wide receiver one there. Yeah, I won't call it crazy. I just argued for it. So, I mean, I, I, I do think it could certainly happen. Um, it's one of those you'll have to kind of nut up a little bit and do it because <laughs> you're not going to want to. Strap in, boys. You're going to have to. It, it's going to be tough. But uh, I don't the know. The upside's there. The upside is there. And that's what you want in sleepers. You want a guy that you know week one, week two. I want to know what I got. And frankly, with Bateman's history, he's probably going to be either hurt or healthy by week two. So... You're going to know. If he doesn't do anything, well, guess what? You didn't pay much to get him. Exactly. <sighs> anything else you want to add? Uh, what do we want to do with our upcoming videos, Josh? I have no idea. Should we do redraft rankings? We, we should. haven't done that yet. We haven't done that. We, we, we really have not hopped into redraft a ton. We should do a mock draft again at some point. Yeah, we should do a mock draft. We should do redraft rankings. We should do a lot of stuff. We're not going to. 
Folks, that's exactly how we plan this show, right there. It's it. That is literally what it is. It's like a day or two beforehand, like, <laughs> hey, what you want to do? And then we figure it out from there. It's oh, kind of like a you up text for fantasy. <laughs> oh, that's a good way to end. We're going to end it there. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed it, check us out on Instagram. We're posting a whole bunch of fantasy content over there. It's fantasy bros, fantasy brothers underscore on Instagram. Uh, rate and view and review the show if you enjoyed it. That'll do it from us. We'll see you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at fantasybrothers underscore or on Twitter at fantasybros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash fantasybrothers.